0: hi everyone uh if you want to get lit with us uh, the next book that we're reading is the seven husbands of evelyn hugo by taylor jenkins reed
1: yeah that's our next book and if you uh would like or subscribe or leave a review or something like that that is actually very helpful for us to try to defeat the algorithms so please do so
0: (laughs) thanks everyone I fight you or thank you. I'm really happy. I'm also I'm drunk. So not... Oh, okay. Now it is. Ah, see? There you go. I figured it out. I think that having a cat sit on your lap and like choose to sit on your lap is one of the highest forms of flattery. Of At least I... I did. I thought that. Yes. And now I'm thinking that it's just like one of the highest forms of being used.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Like, you're, 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 the, you're there to supplement their own warmth and there's not much much else that you're there yeah,
0: for. Yeah. I just don't feel that what I give in this relationship is, you know, being given back, especially at not in the morning when one of the cats walks by you and smells atrocious.
1: This was not a weird metaphor for this book. Just so everyone
0: knows. <laughs> Hi, this is LitLit, Lit. and this was not a weird metaphor for this book. My name is Danny Burford. I'm <laughs> Andrew Cleveland. Uh, and this week, uh we're reading "In the Dream House" by Carmen Maria Machado. Mm-hmm. uh It is our first memoir that we've read, right?
1: Yeah, I was I was trying to think about that. um have we? Re- I mean, we've read like life stories, but I believe they're all fictional. I don't think we. I don't think we've read an actual like a, a the author's life, or at least part of the author's life story.
0: I actually don't even know how many memoirs I've read. I think this might be one of the. For and it's very. It's not memoiry at all.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let, let, let's. I, I think this is a very good point because it's not what I necessarily thought would be. That's what I thought. What I thought was getting we were getting into when we were getting into MMR. But let's 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 perhaps discuss why that's the case. Um, it's no, a, I don't want to. <laughs> <a> podcast episode <laughs> over. All right, cool. Um, this is the story of a woman in a abusive lesbian relationship, and it is heavy as hell. I I mean yes. that. I mean that in a very complimentary way as well. Because I mean this was very well written. I, I, like I, well, yes. I, yeah. How would you feel about
0: it? I fucking love this book. Yeah, it was really, it was really fucking good. <laughs> I, so, um, as you know, I started reading the book that we're reading for the next episode. Yeah. Thinking, like a fucking idiot. <laughs> thinking that that was what we're reading for this week. Because I saw my calendar, and it's like the end of the month, so it just like switched over to the next week. Yep. Whatever. Uh, so I got about halfway through that book and was like... <laughs> I don't remember I thought that Andy was like super excited for this. Like not that that book's going to be bad or anything, but it just yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, didn't an was, you didn't think it was you didn't think it was yeah. Exactly. And then that's when that that's when I, the wheels started turning and I was like I have a feeling this isn't the book we're supposed to be reading. <laughs> Uh, and I was right. It was not the book we were supposed to be reading. Like,
1: this, um, is like, this is like a modern version of the whole, like, you show up to to, to, to in your dream to, like, give a presentation in front of your class, but you're naked, but it's a fucking lame-ass podcast version of it instead.
0: And then you, well, except for the fact that that was, re- like, it's real.
1: Well, I mean, there's that, too, but...
0: Grip it and rip it, baby. What are we drinking? Uh,
1: oh, we Elysian. Are drinking, oh, yeah, Elysian. It's glow IPA. Uh, nice. Have you ever had it before? No, I've I, Oh, maybe I've had. I've I've been in Elysian's uh, Capitol Hill. Um, I don't know if it's a brew pub or just a bar, just a bar mm-hmm. uh, branch. But um, I've been there, and I may have had it then, for all I know. But I've never bought it, as far as I'm aware. So yeah, nice. um, I'm drinking
0: go. one of the Cutwater tequila sodas. You know the Cutwaters <laughs> that I got the Mai Tais that ended up. No, wait, the Long Islands.
1: Yep, I, re- I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember how drunk you got.
0: That I ended up after drinking that one. And getting hammered, and then having to go to dinner with my boyfriend's family; mm-hmm. uh, those were never drunk ever again. And that they was... they did, in fact, get thrown out when we moved. That was the correct decision. Let's be Dumped honest here. and recycled, I should say.
1: <laughs> there, there you go.
0: So, the best um, way to do that.
1: Yeah. So, so once, so once you got back on track and found the actual right book, you got into this and, and, and loved it. Apparently,
0: I really, really, really loved this book, and yeah. I think, and I do wonder if I love this book because... Well, not because. I mean, it was amazingly written, everything like that. I think I had some um, negativity going into it knowing that it was going to be a memoir Uh and associating memoirs with being slow and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, The only other memoir that I've read that I I read very similar to a story was I'll Tell You in Person. Okay. Which by by? Chloe Caldell. Caldell. Yeah. Um, It was about a woman in her 20s, like, fucking up. And basically she was like, look at everything that I did. Like, you are fine. You're going to be fine. But she did it in a way that wasn't, like, condescending or whatever. She was really just, like, telling her story. And I started reading this and I was like, oh, shit, this reads so prosy and this reads so just magnificently and effortless and I love that fragmented writing style. I have always loved writing in it. I've always Mm -hmm. loved reading it. It's just so fast paced
1: yeah that's absolutely true this book this book moves and not not in any kind of like oh it's breezy and you get through it like this is Mm -hmm. this is heavy as hell and it's also brilliantly written so there's plenty of time to take pause and think about the uh implications of the prose or just appreciate it but it still moves very quick because as you said well like for anyone who hasn't read it for one spoilers we're going to talk about the whole thing um the structure of it is every Chapter is the dream house as and then a category or an idea yeah. or a genre or something like that. Um, some well, of them are
0: a noun, a thing, like, yep.
1: Yeah. So, some of them are like are something as like are something as, as broad as science fiction. Some of them have, mm-hmm. a, have a very particular topic in mind, but um, the dream it,
0: house but, has deja vu,
1: yep. Um, and you have all of these one page, half page, two page, five page sections that, um tell a continuous story but are constantly shifting perspective in terms of what she's trying to tell, which is a fascinating way to get in all of the angles of Mm -hmm. something as complicated as a loving yet abusive relationship um
0: and and loving someone who does have like multiple personalities who might have schizophrenia or you know anything like that and doesn't get help for it and
1: who knows if that was only an excuse or if it was an actual thing yeah yeah which is what which is part of having of this whole lived experience it makes this uh much more than just a story but in fact like a replication uh of what happened of what actually happened I mean, I'm sure some measure of creative license was taken, but I doubt that as the facts go. There's that much. Did you off Did here. you
0: like the structure and the way that it read?
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I, I was. Um, I, to get at your earlier uh, point, like I, I also don't super dig memoirs in because I have a very particular perception of a memoir of what I think a memoir is supposed to, mm-hmm. or not supposed to be, um, but what is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. It's very much someone just like telling the story of their life and how and why it was, you know, maybe important at the time, or lessons learned, or blah, blah, blah. Just a very, like, autobiographical type thing, as opposed to, like, it just, you know, this, this reads, this reads like a book of, uh, like a work of fiction, although it's, you know, very clearly from statements made, uh, you know, something that actually happened to her, therefore a memoir. Yeah. But it's, um, it's... It's experimental in terms of the prose. It jumps subject matters. It attacks it from different like genre angles, as we were saying, just to, like not different points of view, but different because it's always from her POV. But it is. Um, a different tinge to it each time as well mm-hmm. like something that something that you might be looking at it through 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 the lens a better, different lenses I think is a better way to say that yeah I
0: also liked how it wasn't super linear like there were some yes. chapters that weren't it, 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 even it, about the story realistically I mean they were you know metaphorically about the story or you know symbolized parts of the story but there were some chapters that were you know between 2 to 5 pages that were about other women who were going through abuse or other women yep. who had, you know, murdered their uh, female partners. Uh, and yeah, that the section it was... on
1: battered women defenses. defenses yeah. yeah. And how and... that's already a flawed, a flawed uh, concept in the first place, yeah. Yeah,
0: and so there were, like, t- tons of... And then there's another chapter after that, which was about one of the women that she talked about. And uh-huh. it was... it's Intersection it just did... of
1: race and feminism and things like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: it just did such a great job with... And I think that I... I think I have an issue with memoirs because mm-hmm. the person inherently thinks that they are important enough that people are going to want to read about them. This is kind of one of form. this is
1: kind of one of my perceptions as well. I'm not saying it's accurate exactly, but I also feel the same way that like that some of this is very much someone going like, yeah, I'm pretty awesome, or or not necessarily awesome, but like I was like what I was doing was a big deal. Even if it's like yeah. a lessons learned type thing, it's always like, oh yeah, well like. I mean, I had to struggle this once to become the awesome person that I am today or some shit like that. And I know that's not fair. I understand that. But that's my perception.
0: And I also have a hard time. And this is my own biases of hearing about really rich and famous people Mm -hmm. talking about when they weren't rich and famous. Sure. And I don't know. Not that they don't have any right to have a sad story or not that they mm-hmm. don't have mm-hmm. like any less of a right to have a sad story than me which and I don't have a fucking sad story but like it just it kind of is like no I'm a human being too like I'm just like you yeah like, look yeah. look see look I was also there like I was where you were and like I, now I make millions of dollars and that's a very particular type of person that writes a memoir which was not this at all
1: like no yeah, holy that-
0: shit not yeah. Let, well. Yeah.
1: Let's, yeah. For one, let's be clear: this is not what we're talking about here. But for uh, but on the other side, I totally get what you mean. Like someone someone hits like their you know late twenties or thirties or so, and then decides to write like you know a, a book about their life, and it's like you're only writing this book because like you're famous now, and that's cool that you're famous now. Don't get me wrong. Like like this, and, and to be very clear, this is not someone I have any personal beef with. But like Mindy Kaling comes to mind, for example, as someone mm. who's like who's like I think when she wrote her, her like her her memoir, it was like mid you know, mid to late twenties, and it was about like. Again, things are perfectly reasonable talking to yeah. talk about. Like, like this is not this is not hating on on, on like, her in particular. It's just like I, I don't necessarily need like a famous person then telling me like, and now I got here and here's the ha like isn't that crazy type stuff about what my life used to be before. Um, but like it's all about the end result of and now I'm famous and this is, and this is why you should listen to me to some degree. Whereas this is much more differently targeted because this 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 is a very like Carmen Maria Machado is a very successful yeah, successful and brilliant author now yeah. um, both both well, was anyways but also is being recognized for it but this like aside from telling her story for the sake of like catharsis and 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 getting it out there um this is very much intended to be like a broaching of a subject that isn't yes. necessarily talked about or is not talked about i mean to, no. like, you know, to go by the by, by the book
0: this so reading this memoir made me and i feel embarrassed that i haven't read any of her other stuff
1: I I understand, but, like, hey, Yeah, Yeah, it's fine.
0: Uh, But this made me really want to read some of her... Oh, yeah,
1: that's going to happen again, yeah. ...like,
0: fiction work, which I'm so fucking stoked about. Yeah? And, like, like, I've, like, looked up a whole bunch of stuff and, like, was looking into, like, what I should read and everything like that, and... um, But, yeah, so I just... I thought this... I thought that the structure of it really helped flow through it. It got me excited to read it. As you know, I waited... Oh, I didn't start reading until
1: Thursday. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, 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 we, when we talked about how you had started reading the other book instead, I was like 50 whole pages into it as well, so I, I hadn't gotten super far. But, yeah, cruise through this thing. But like, mm-hmm. cruise through this thing in terms of the n- amount of time spent, uh, not cruise this thing in terms of like the number of times I had to put the fucking book down and take a minute and, and, and actually think about what had just happened or the way in which something was, port- uh, was, was written out or... Um, a theme or something yeah. that had that developed out of nowhere i
0: had this experience i was driving to dinner on on a um, friday night and i was in the car with sean and i was reading in the car which i definitely shouldn't do because i got car sick almost immediately but that's right and you're reading
1: on your phone too right
0: i was reading on my which, phone because crazy to me. i know well not, not like
1: an insult to you, I'm just saying like no. the, idea of, the idea of reading this and have the uh, having the immediacy of pulling this book up anywhere is more yeah. of what I was thinking about being crazy. I
0: read it in the, like, I finished it today in the grocery store.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: in case you are wondering, finish, finishing this book in the produce section is not ideal.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not. We'll talk about the ending later yeah. on, yeah.
0: Um, but I was in the car with Sean, and I was reading a portion of it, and there was just this paragraph, or like this, it looks like a paragraph on my phone, but it realistically yeah, was yeah. like three sentences. Um, and it was beautiful. I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And I was like, Sean, I have to share this with you. I have yeah. to tell you the sentence. And I did. And he was like, oh yeah, it was really good. And I was like, really good?
1: <laughs> what
0: are you talking about? How and he was like,
1: fucking dare you? Yeah.
0: And he was like, I don't even know what you're reading. Like, I Ex- don't know. Yeah, exactly. You I don't know, know what, what this contacts. is about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's true. I am like more than halfway through this. It does make sense that you wouldn't understand how fucking amazing this quote <laughs> is.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: But I I think,
1: will well, go.
0: I was gonna say when you were like reading through it and everything like that, that was there a specific chapter and or yeah. like moment that really s- stuck out to you? Um, stuck out to you? I always say stuck. <laughs> it's
1: not. No, it's not what you said, that word. No. It's um, stuck. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, like, yes. Um, I had I, for, for, first, I was all over the place with this because um, this is the kind of book that. <laughs> Because there are so many different changes in uh, angle or whatever you want to say from chapter to chapter, uh, is like there's a whole lot to go on here. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I, I, I should I should in particular I think say earlier: this is a story about um, like a lesbian relationship and um, oh, man uh, abuse and gaslighting and a bunch yes. of these things. Uh, one, if I try to relate this to my life in some way, this is not me saying like, oh man, same, same, uh, cause that's yeah. an absurd fucking statement. Uh, just know that this is like the only way I can, you know, have an access point. Um, this, and in that, in that, in that uh, along those lines, um, well actually, do you think I have a particular favorite <laughs> So I, am curious if I, if, if I telegraph this so much or...
0: Uh, yeah, so I actually wrote it down, okay. which is why I wanted to ask you this question, because sure. I was trying to see if I was right, but you're, I should just tell you. So, I thought that your favorite chapter was going to be Dreamhouse's world building.
1: Okay, what, 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 give me a page real quick.
0: Uh, page 72 is what I have. Okay. And, there's, and it's because you're so adamant about this, and there's a quote that I have saying, places are never just places in a piece of writing. If they are, the author has failed. Setting is not inert. It is activated by point of view, and that's something that yeah. to me is so important to you in all 100%. of like the texts that we write, or that we write. Jesus, I'm not like, shit, <laughs> that we've <laughs> read and, and blabbed about on our podcast, Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that that might have been one of your favorites. That's
1: that, and- that's a that's a really really fair uh, guess, um, and, and I I I, I remember the section as soon as you, as soon as you uh, gave me that quote. Um, I fully agree with this. I was um, one of the books I had read before this was um uh, a morbid taste of bones by ellis mm. peters which is a, a pseudonym for a female author that i'm forgetting the name off the top of my head um Edith something i think anyways um it's a book about like a 12th century benedictine monk and uh like solving murders Ooh. um but it's not really about that exactly like the murder is there and it's present and it's a puzzle that mm-hmm. you can solve but it's so much about like this monk who's taking a um a trip from like Western England over the border into Wales and to a very particular uh, town to like retrieve like the relics of a saint um, and the conflicts that come up with uh, between the, um, the monks of the, of the Abbey and the townspeople. And just the way that um, she writes this as a particular place in time is evocative in a way that you don't get with a lot of other simple stories and that's one of the the beauties of it and this is an excellent like the quote that you just gave about this is an excellent point of that setting is not a nerd it's like it's activated by like by point of view this is very much the case um with well done stories even if like I don't know, like the setting's the point, you know what I mean? But like, there's something like, like the, like the yeah. point's supposed to be a murder mystery, or the point's supposed to be about this character's life, and blah blah blah. And like, when you get a, a really, really strong setting that places it, like it becomes a, a almost a character in and of itself. So
0: yeah, what very... was so? What was your actual favorite chapter?
1: <laughs> so going back to the whole point about me, uh, you know, uh, my access points being very skewed. Um, <laughs> my my uh, my favorite chapter is uh, Dreamhouse has queer villainy. Um, that's my favorite chapter. Oh, really? <laughs> seriously? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I, we, we that was that was not planned on Holy shit! Yeah, any way. that's my
0: favorite
1: chapter. Oh wow. So we so we occasionally we set each, uh, each other up for these kind of things. That was completely organic. That um, was wow. That, yeah. Uh, so I love. It's like I, we're I, friends. <laughs> like a couple of fucking idiots. Like I a I love. I love this chapter first. Oh, why don't you go for to first then? Because like you were like you were asking this question. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it.
0: Um. So. I love this chapter, one, because, like, I remember when I was younger, watching Disney movies and stuff like that, and like, having knowing that, like, villains, some of the Disney villains were different, and then I took a class in college um, that was about villains, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about a lot of the same archetypes that this chapter spoke to, of, like... That the villains in Disney, like that, there are some like gay subtleties to them, or queer subtleties to them, mm-hmm. or LGBTQ plus subtleties to them, and everything like that. And reading this chapter really reminded me of um, one. I thought it was just like really well put, and it has one of my favorite quotes from the entire book in it too. Please go. Which yeah. is which is just um, we deserve. Uh, so it's from page forty-seven. And it says, we deserve to have our wrongdoing represented as much as our heroism yeah, because when we funny refuse funny. the wrongdoing as a possibility for a group of people, we refuse their humanity. That is to say, queers, real-life ones, do not deserve representation, protection, and the rights because they are normally pure or upright as people.
1: Yep. It's a big fucking thing for me. And that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so one of the reasons I, I latched onto this so much is that it reminds me of, like, respectability politics and racial mm. politics in America and, like, the idea of um, like, if, if black people could only be this ideal version of black people, like, the best, like, everyone puts their best foot forward, then, like, white people would would accept them properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, it's always horseshit, because, um, as soon as someone who pre- previously, heavy quotes there, and I'll mm-hmm. happily drink for that, um, you know, was... You know this idea of a model minority type thing. As soon as they make one misstep, white America comes crashing down on on that aspect of it. There, it's it's a it's a false um, hope. There, there is no way to 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 be that way to racism. Like that's not how that works. Um, And I really like this aspect of it, talking about queer culture, like the idea that, like, if you don't portray all aspects of who you are Then you are setting yourself up for failure when you're in, uh, when you're introducing like trying to and, and, not, and to be fair not that this is the point of like you mm-hmm. know trying to trying to bring queer culture into uh, like white straight culture or anything like that but um if it's if it's set up that way then it's all it's never going to come across um it's never going to be accepted like that by white people because there's always going to be that like attack of the other regardless. And this, and this dressing up into, of perfection is just never going to fly the way you think it's going to.
0: There is also, um, this section reminded me of like one of my all time favorite TV shows is Shit's Creek. Yeah. Um, fucking love it. It's amazingly super well written. Um, there's a, a little documentary that's about the final season. Um, and there's uh, a scene in it where they're all sitting down at a round table and everything like that. And there was a letter that was sent in I know, from a I, actually, Facebook... I actually
1: know this. I've never yeah. seen the show, but I know this. But please, yeah.
0: From a Facebook group of moms um, or parents with kids who are in the LGBTQ plus community. And it was them thanking the cast for not having anyone in the show have to go through... Hoops and everything in order to love each other. Like, it just portrayed normal love between people, and you didn't have, there was nothing in spite of anything. It just showed what a healthy, normal relationship looked like, and it didn't have to highlight any wrongdoings. It didn't have to highlight any sort of, you know, treachery that they had to overcome or anything like that. And I had never, ever, and this is like, Fucking, of course, just, like, privilege that I have mm-hmm. had never thought about it in that way. That, like, you don't even have, like, love stories portrayed a lot of the times
1: mm-hmm.
0: unless you are, you know, in spite of something. Like, we loved each other despite, you know, having to go through this and this and this and this and this, yep. you know? Or, yep. like, despite the fact that, like, our parents, like, didn't, like, agree with us, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then reading this book, I had to then check myself again of being, like, a very similar thing that, you know, Carmen Machado talks about is that they there are wrongdoings, that there are people who are bad people. And it's just the idea of, like, taking away this – it's the idea of taking away the fact that you have to put labels on something in order for someone to be good or bad. It's just mm-hmm. – there are bad people anyway i love i love this chapter
1: no i i i like my again my my i, I went straight to respectability politics and like you know racism in america that's that's like I'm, I'm i don't know how to say it like it's not like my thing as in like oh i find that fascinating from an academic standpoint or something like that it's like i i find that one of the most frustrating things uh, for, for me is like the this idea that there's a large portion of what of of you know, white people in America that are so thoroughly racist, that they can't simply um, enjoy like a normal story of anyone that's of another yeah, ethnicity. Yeah. Um, and this this gets at the same idea, but from a queer lens. And I, I, and I, I like the idea that um, there's a quote right um, around the same one you're talking about, like they deserve those things because they are human beings. And that is enough. Like that's the ending of, that's the last line in that paragraph that you, yeah, that's exact.
0: I have that also in there too.
1: And, and, and that's, and that's the whole, that's the whole fucking point. Um, like (laughs) that, that, um, that you don't have to prove how good of a person you are in order to, you know, get some kind of, um, Protection or love or safety mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, in, in in this in this story, the narrator Carmarie Machado does not have to be um, a flawless person in order to receive some level of empathy or sympathy because of her uh, situation. Like it can just be afforded to her because she is a person who deserves to have her have herself respected.
0: You know what you know, was something that in this book was just <clears throat> absolutely heartbreaking and shattering to me. Was mm-hmm. it was towards the end, and it was when um, she had finally broken up with the girl in the dream house, mm-hmm. and there were they were no longer together. Even that little stint that they had kind of gotten back together, they were like totally separate now. Yeah. And there were talks of people being like, it couldn't have been that bad. Like they seem yeah. fine now. Well, maybe like you know, like maybe it wasn't actually abuse. Like maybe it was whatever. And she says, I wish that I I wish that she would have been physical. Like yeah, I wish yeah. that I would have had oh, pictures that I could conditions. have like that I could have pulled up on my phone. I could have shown
1: you my bruises, my scars, my yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it brings in this like idea that emotional abuse and that verbal abuse is mm-hmm. less than yes. than physical yes. abuse, mm-hmm. which I think is across the board of just a fucking issue. Oh uh,
1: yeah, like I mean, there's been a, a relatively recent. Um, Attempt at normalizing uh, emotional uh, trauma and distress in like uh, male athletes. Um, Mm. Like for example, like Kevin Love, two basketball players, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan talked about like going through some shit and the fact that that was actually like was preventing them from you know not just not just that it was preventing them from doing their job but it was preventing them from being people and from you know yeah. from from living their own lives and this idea and trying to break down this idea of like oh well it's only mental you didn't break a leg or whatever Drew true holiday lost like a his sister maybe a family member or something like that and the people were wondering why it's like free like his field goal percentage was down the next year it's like yeah man i was going yeah. through i was going through some shit like, like go 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 figure
0: This reminds, I mean, very recently, Simone Biles just backed out of
1: gymnastics. And Naomi Osaka stopped stopped talking to the press and and then quit the tour altogether, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then, like, people were saying, like, how could you, like, you have to do this for your team. How could you not, like, how, how, like, you're not the goat, whatever the fuck that. Like, you're no longer, like, you're a quitter, everything like that. And it's like, at what point, like, why do you fucking care? Like, because because they want to be
1: angry at a, at a black woman is, is, is so, what it boils down to. It's but, yeah. so
0: fucking dumb of like, and also the fact that people are kind of sitting there going like, well, like she, if she's a quitter. Like, do you think that like, what do you think would be said about Tom Brady if he didn't quit? I'm like, or, or there was one of the, like, what do you think about if LeBron didn't play one of his games? I'm like, LeBron doesn't play a lot of his fucking games. No,
1: my, my, see, my personal favorite one was like, you know, uh, we're, you know, the, these soft kids these days, back in Michael Jordan's day. Michael Jordan quit for two years after his father died because he was yeah. going through some shit. He did bas- baseball instead because it was a relatively low pressure, something he always wanted to try. He came out and said, within the last week or so, about how like he doesn't know how he would've done. Or if he would have like you know survived in in, in the social media area because of how much people were up in your life, and he hated how much people were up in his life back in in those yeah. days, and what and what it takes to be like as a. a, a pro- popular personality mm-hmm. and now this isn't the same what we're talking about in, in this regard to the to the story no. um in terms of like an like intimate abusive relationship but this idea that like the mental aspect doesn't matter or it's like lesser than physical for some reason is documented horseshit from all these people that people want to point out as being like the mentally tough ones and shit as well it's absurd
0: it's all it's also i think this book does a really great job of showing how difficult it is to be in emotionally abuse, or And to be in any sort of abusive relationship mm-hmm. because you have the person who is so fucking mean and then apologizes and then mm-hmm. says, like, it's going to be okay. It's like, I... I doesn't even... Igno- I think it's the fact that it's not acknowledged... That she's like, I don't know what you're talking. I blacked out. Like, I didn't. I don't remember any of that. But it,
1: it can also be handled another way. With, oh, baby, baby, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm working yeah. on this. You know, it won't happen again, or something like something like that. There's always the hook of things getting you know, possibly getting better. She t- there's a chapter where she talks about that at one point too. Like the idea that, like, oh, if only this all, if only things were like normalized and everything would be fine. It's like y- you are you are. Only budding a huge aspect of this of this mm-hmm. relationship, but the problem is that when you're buried so deep into something like this, you, you, like it's hard. You're trying to fix like a, what you think in your mind is a small flaw that like oh if this didn't if this wasn't like this and everything would be better it's like yeah but the thing you're talking about is like a fundamental aspect of that person's personality that mm-hmm. you can't but like but you're so deep in it and you can't see like you know the forest for the trees as far as like
0: and I think one of the worst questions that you could possibly ask as you know being someone who is exp- who is having someone talk to you about these kind of experiences are mm-hmm. or is why didn't you leave? The then, worst
1: one. The absolute worst one. Then why, 100%. like,
0: well, then why didn't you scream? Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you leave? Why didn't you do all of that? And it's because people, who, like,
1: people who are you that are asking me to validate it right now. You would have required yeah. physical evidence. You would have required, like, a recording of the conversations you had. You would have required, yeah.
0: And then, like, again, those kinds of questions make it about the questioner. It doesn't make it yeah. about the person that you're asking the question of. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, again, taking someone's experience and then forcing them to have to live relive through it and then asking them to tell them why you couldn't it's so fucking dumb this book does such a fucking good job of being eye-opening without being um i don't know without preachy yeah without being preachy and without making the reader feel guilty for anything or without you know doing anything like that which i think that some books can do very well and i don't think that's an aspect of literature that should be left out or like isn't necessary yeah Yeah, uh,
1: it's totally it is totally fair to guilt some people that deserve to be guilted in certain circumstances or, or or in plenty of circumstances let's not limit that but this one does not you're right yeah
0: yeah and just the way that she walked through the nuances of this relationship mm-hmm. with the girl and i i love how there is never a name yeah too. it was just the girl I, in the dream house i'm
1: sure that was partly legalese but, I, but like oh, but, yeah. but, but even if it wasn't it was it was a very good um like um dramatic effect and like a uh, effect of the of, of how she chose to structure it as well
0: did you like the name the dream house
1: yeah absolutely it I, be, would... Because it gives you the—I mean, we, let's, let's talk about, like what like what you what you get from that uh, from that name. Um, yeah, i I'll, i mean, my personal takeaway from that was was like the um, again this idea of like the thing that could have been that that we could have had if only. Mm-hmm. Like like it, this idealized version of what this relationship would be if only we could get out uh, past these like these few issues that we had, and mm-hmm. the few issues are in fact the things that would keep the whole house from you know from existing in the first place, the things that would that would send it toppling down from faulty structure and, uh, yeah. and whatnot. Like I like I like the idea of something that you're striving for. But not getting to because of like a technical flaw with how you're structuring the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, I, th- and again, that's that's reading into me a lot with that. But um...
0: I also loved that because <clears throat> dreams are super fragmented. You know, you, yes, yes, dreams yes, aren't called. linear. Dreams mm-hmm. you can't you don't really have any control over them. Like she had mm-hmm. absolutely no control over anything, and I loved the idea that all of the chapters were were different themes that can happen in dreams and yeah. different types of you know like false realities that we put ourselves in when you do dream and i dream super super vividly so uh
1: and so that I've one hits even, close to home huh? yeah and
0: i've even written stories about dreams that i've had and i had like pieced them together and everything like that and it was just one of those things like wow like all of these chapters do read like a dream when, you, especially when you move to the next one.
1: Do you remember your dreams like vividly afterwards, or is it only like in, like, while, like while experiencing it type thing, or like could you rattle off dreams you've had right now, or, or like without looking at anything? Or, yeah, or is I it... could
0: tell you. I could tell you the three dreams that I had last night.
1: Oh, okay, well then, then, then oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> way too much memory. I I only have like one dream that I can actually like vividly remember what it was about. Uh, oh, I, really? I, I, I'm sure I'm sure I could like. I'm sure if I recorded the, any of them, and then I, I could refer back to them and remember like what was going through my head while I was having the dream or whatever. But I don't, I, I don't bother. So like I, I don't keep any of that with me past like you know as soon as I wake up. Oh, grip and rip it, baby! Is it another tequila soda? It is no? not. All right, what do you got?
0: It is a Vizzy lemonade hard seltzer, watermelon—the <laughs> worst flavor.
1: <laughs> um. Rank the M&M colors from uh, worst to best immediately.
0: I don't like candy.
1: I don't care. I'm talking about the colors. Do you know the the six M&M colors?
0: There's orange, brown, red, green, blue, and yellow. Yes, correct. Okay. Best one, brown. Because it tastes like...
1: (laughs) I'm going to flip this fucking table over right now. Okay, are you serious?
0: Well, because it looks like chocolate. It probably tastes more like chocolate than the other ones.
1: Oh, keep going. Okay. I, I understand, but keep going. Green. Is your second? Okay.
0: Second. Um, Blue.
1: Okay. I
0: can't tell if we're friends anymore.
1: No, blue's okay. Orange. Uh Yellow and red. Ooh, red's last. Interesting. I
0: don't don't like the taste of red. (laughs) It's very strange. (laughs) It's very, very strange. Like, I don't like most things that are red, I don't, except for wine.
1: <laughs> I don't like the but, taste but, but, okay but as far as like artificial candy flavors you're like ooh Cherry, gross, or oh, I who, fucking hate cherry. I, I also do actually. Um, I, I I think that over I think that red is an overrated color. Um, but like I, I personally like couldn't bump it any further down than third because I was like ah, it's still pretty dope. All right, what are you gonna do? Question:
0: Where did this come from? Why are you asking me this right now? Because I
1: was thinking about it in terms of the uh, watermelon flavored things. <laughs> it was a conversation that we had that me and uh, my girlfriend had recently because we were talking about uh, this exact same thing, and we both also believe that red is overrated, but. She, <laughs> I, for, so for me it's like okay best is green second is blue third is red because so I was like alright you know what red's not as cool as everyone thinks it is it's only third not first or whatever wow, um, okay. and, and, and then for me it's yellow orange brown um, but she, her list is like red's fifth it's like her reaction to like oh red's overrated because fuck red and yours is <laughs> like pretty close to it because you're like oh yeah fuck red six I
0: don't like I just don't like the taste of red
1: okay fair enough I don't like it um,
0: angry it's an angry color, Speaking an angry of,
1: Speaking of anger, um, I, I did, wa- did want to ask to uh, see if there's any... What conti- a
0: horrible transition.
1: <laughs> that was an awful one, I know. I was bailing <laughs> out of my really badly constructed Eminem um, M&M question as soon as I could. <laughs> um, but I, I did want to ask, like, what's, what, what were some of your... Uh, I, I think that we both... Th- I You know that I do. I think that you did for this one. Um, record some quotes from it that you really liked, or some page numbers that you had stuff on. Um, yeah. Obviously, you had the one that we just discussed uh, uh, earlier, Um, I think that, like, I'm curious to see some of the things that you have here, because I think it's going to get at some of the topics that we both care about as well. So, so, my
0: my first quote that I saved, which was 10, nope, page, it was 44 pages in, it was in Dreamhouse's Omen, and... I had been, like, liking the book, but I read this one quote, and that fucking took it away from me. Yeah, you're you're like, okay,
1: I'm in now. And,
0: yeah, it is the last, I think it's the last sentence of the chapter, and it goes, fear makes liars of us all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that was when she was having a fight with the girl in the dream house, correct? Yep. And she had, like, lied and said, like, yes, I'll do it, or whatever.
1: And, she, oh, and, she, and and her and, and the girl in the dream house was talking to her about how you're never allowed to write about this. Yes. Um and and and, and, and then she and then she she nods. Uh and then and she the says she makes, makes liars of with all. And I
0: fucking love that quote because she's talking about herself but she's really talking about the girl in the dream house yep. too. Yep.
1: About fear of fear, fear of losing and fear of uh, fear of. Yeah.
0: The... And I think that and I also love that that happened in that in that chapter and then towards the end when the girl in the dream house asks who knows about us
1: mm-hmm. that's a really fucking devastating part too yeah
0: and then when she was like she asked because she didn't want to she wanted to know who she had to charm who she didn't have to charm, that, who exa- she had uh, exactly, to avoid. exactly exactly and um i love that the fear makes liars of us all just kind of carry throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. and it reminded me of things like i've done in, in, oh, and yeah. in my own life of when you're a little kid and you're afraid that you're going to get in trouble, so you lie about something mm-hmm. or and that's kind of how it first starts. And then lying can get out of control. And then you have, yep. and then all of a sudden you have a story that you're like, did this happen? Did this not happen? Like mm-hmm. how, like how did this get created and for who and for why? Yep. And, uh, so that was my first, that was my yeah. first quote and my favorite quote from the beginning part.
1: I mean, I, yeah, I, I fully understand. Like I have, you know, i was i was in an old relationship where i was i found myself lying too much out of ease uh, or in terms of like just like path of least resistance like not wanting to like wanting to avoid fights like that kind of mm-hmm. thing was oh, like, oh yeah. yeah no i i don't want I, i'm gonna lie about this very simple thing because i don't want it to be a bigger thing i want to just end this conversation right now mm-hmm. and like after that was over i was like i hated doing that i hated i hated mm-hmm. that feeling of lying i hated Having to make, keep up the pretense of it and everything like that. And like a large reason why I, I act the way I do and I talk mm-hmm. the way I do in conversation now is because I hated doing it back then. And so I've tried to specifically change it, too.
0: Yeah, I had a, um, a college ex who never, like, didn't want me to go out, didn't want me mm-hmm. to, like, mm-hmm. do anything or anything like that. And um, so I would I would lie. I would be yep. like oh, I'm not going out, or stuff I'm like just, that. Yeah,
1: I'm just, I, I gotta stay an all night reading, or blah blah, blah, blah,
0: Or I would have to lie and be like, oh, it wasn't fun. Like, no, I had a yeah. bad time. Yep. Or sometimes yep. I would yep. even have to lie and be like, if I did go out with, like, one of my girlfriends and a guy friend, I would yep. have to lie and say that the guy friend wasn't there. Exactly. And, and do stuff like that, and then you have to tailor that story. Like, mm-hmm. everyone around you then has to tailor that story. And... It becomes messy, but you get scared. Like I would get yelled at, and you know? the,
1: and then you don't want to do certain things anymore because of the because that's going to lead to a situation where then you have to lie about it or disguise some aspect of the truth or you know obliquely not mention something or whatever as well. Yeah. Exactly, it, it molds the, it molds behavior even even when you're not doing it.
0: I would also find myself not having a lot to talk about with mm-hmm. this person and so i would lie about things that had happened to me during the day small things even sure, like sure. but even just like, something oh, to get s- it going yeah like oh i saw a dog today <laughs> like something that like, like and then i would think to myself why did you do that like yeah. why did you have to make that up or i would ma- i would make up a story of like oh yeah like this person did like or this i saw this animal do this today or whatever and i was like yeah. well why did i do that like yeah I don't. I didn't need to do that, but there was no conversation that but, was. But you happening. felt
1: like. But you felt like you did. Like that was mm-hmm. like that, that was that was kind of what it was. Like oh no, I didn't technically have to, but like you obviously felt um, uh, an obligation to either like you know say something about your day or just keep conversation moving or to gloss over something that you didn't want yeah. to talk about or whatever it was. Yeah, I Definitely. mean, and again, these are our access points uh, like to this kind of stuff that is nowhere near as heavy as the actual content yeah. here, but like this kind of stuff resonates because it because it doesn't it's not just like thematically she's trying to specifically discuss um abuse and in gay relationships and especially lesbian relationships because she wants to uh make this something that people are not not people that are aware of not like she wants just anyone to realize like oh wow it's a thing that happens but like other people that might have the same experience and can point to something and say oh, shit, this happens. It's not, like, an mm-hmm. expectation, because one of the, one of the parts that she uh, really hit home with me was she talks about um, a section, I don't have a quote ready for it, but she's talking about the girl from the dream house saying, like, oh, this is just what it's like being in a, in a relationship with a woman. Like, we're super passionate, oh, so you yeah. have, like, super highs, but there's some lows that go along with it because, because we care so much and blah, blah, blah. And, like, and that's an excuse, very clearly, for her own behavior. But... It's a rational excuse that other people, that especially younger people can, uh, and pe- or people that don't have as much experience with this kind of thing, um, can see and take as fact. Like, if you think about the like the models for the relationships that you had growing up, like uh, not you specifically, obviously, just like you generally speaking, yeah. um, some people don't have healthy models for how these things oh, work. No. I, I had I had multiple friends that, that got into relationships in like you know their twenties, even to their thirties, and were having like bad times but thought like this is just what relationships are like right Mm -hmm. like this is hard everyone has to fight through the relationship everyone like it's 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 work right like and I'm not saying it doesn't require some work but these people were talking about like oh no like we're fighting and like that's just how this is right
0: so I this is interesting so I had a conversation with one of my really good friends about um, the word fighting versus like like, discussing things Mm -hmm. and so she would say like oh yeah like We got into a fight the other night blah blah blah. But she would say, like, oh yeah, we got into a fight this night, we gotta find that night. And I was like, eventually, I was like, You guys are fighting a lot. Mm -hmm. She goes, Well, like you you guys don't fight? And I was like, No, I mean we would discuss things. Like there are definitely plenty of things that like we have disagreements about and we'll come like we'll discuss them. And she's like, What do you think that I mean by when I say fighting? And I was like, I think you mean like you're outside screaming (laughs) at each other. I'm not kidding, like that was my that's a fight to me. Yeah, sure. Like you're outside screaming at each other, and she was like no. no, like we just had, a, we had a disagreement and like had differing viewpoints and then got into an argument. So we had a bit of a fight and I was like, oh, so like yeah. you can use the word fight and for it not to mean like you're screaming at each other in a parking lot. Uh,
1: like a huge escalating situation or whatever. And yeah. she was
0: like, yeah, I thought it was super unhealthy that you and Sean had never had a fight. <laughs> <laughs> i was like what's happening
1: yeah yeah but what's the, going on but people have different like uh, terminology obviously for mm-hmm. how this works but also just like expectations for like two like two two of them stand out for me like one was um <laughs> of all people of uh, vince staples um uh, was in an interview doing hot ones um, i'm sorry
0: of all people what
1: vince staples the rapper
0: i thought you said of all people i was at staples and I was like,
1: oh.
0: "Where is this going?" <laughs>
1: no, no. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, you could still ask where this is going in this case because I'm talking yeah. about uh, Vince Staples doing his Hot Ones interview. Um, mm. if, if anyone has not seen Hot Ones, it's a it's a show in which someone eats escalating, uh, w- uh, wings of escalating spiciness and and hold and maintains interview conversation Why is it the entire spicy? time. And uh, Vince Staples, who is hilarious and an awesome rapper and a great personality, was on it, and he was talking with his uh, manager slash like mentor. I believe his name was Corey. I could be wrong on that. And they were talking about like the host asked like Do you guys ever fight?" And he's like, you know, "They look at each other like, we no, 'We don't fight. We have conversations.'" We have conversations all the time, but like it's talking about something as a matter of resolving it. And that brings Mm -hmm. me to the other thing that me and my very good friend Dave had at one point when we were living together a long time ago and we were were arguing about something. And, And the quote, I don't know if it's the exact quote, but the idea at least was, do you want to be right or do you want to make it better? Mm. And, and and that was something that i have like honestly lived by since then i i, I mean i don't i don't think this was like i don't think this is relevant for plenty of people but for other people it absolutely is like if you until until you hear this idea of like why are we doing this like why are we yeah. are what like why are we fighting why are we mm-hmm. like well, having this like confrontation with each other um is it just to like prove who was the worst person here yeah. or are we trying to like solve an issue that is getting at some at some aspect of, of like our relationship yeah. um and that like these are these are buttons that had to be pressed and dials that had to be twisted in my in my brain to like you know, to hit over time and like those things are crazy when you think of like people's emotional blind spots but they happen all the time and yeah. um this book like this book highlights so many of the ways in which they the, 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 that like these things disconnect but in a much more extreme way
0: obviously what was your favorite quote
1: uh, I, I it... got uh, so I got so I got two. I'll I'll, I'll, get, I'll go to one of them and then the other ones towards the ending. And I know that we well actually no, there's there, there, there's they work.
0: I was gonna say I have another one too that is also towards the ending.
1: I right, well I'll, I'll do one first then. Um, I love this. Uh, so this was on page one thirty four of my copy. It mm-hmm. is in uh, the very short section of Dreamhouse as naming animal as naming the animals. Oh, I love um, that one and
0: i know exactly it's,
1: it's, it's, talk, it's talking about um a, a biblical adam giving names to um yeah. uh, to animals um and she says like you know when i think about him just sitting there with his brand new fist under his brand new chin looking vaguely perturbed and puzzled and anxious i feel a lot of sympathy and the money the money quote for me uh putting language to something for which you have no language is no easy feat Oh, and, this, and, this is what, and this is the kind of the exact same thing of what we were just talking about, this idea of, like, how do I put into words or how do I explain something that I've never had to explain before? Which, by the way, she does in this book so brilliantly. Like, like Probably my favorite aspect of this book is her ability to... Um, get across ide- complex ideas with other very simple sentences like this. Uh, simple, mm-hmm. like, construction-wise, mind you. Yeah. Um, or finding an access point to... I keep using access point. But finding an access point to some, to an idea, to something... Um, that is very very hard to describe to another person and not just do it justice in this like poetic prosy kind of way but also to make it relatable like to make it a teachable yeah. moment as well um which is something that is incredible if, if you know if you know any people who are smart but bad teachers a very very fucking hard thing to do
0: yeah i think that getting to the same point that you were just talking about with this book the way that she is able to articulate her story and not exclude the reader from it mm-hmm. but to mm-hmm. not very include good, them yeah, in, but so. not to include them in a way that makes them feel unsafe
1: or like culpable or something like yeah, that. yeah like she sure. does
0: such and and also like explaining the way things happened and like being very visceral with it like mm. the, the action moments in in this book where the girl from the dream house is attacking her and is Oh my God, the scene where she decides to sleep on the couch. Yes. And yes, the yes. girlfriend from the house comes <laughs> <Yes>. in and <laughs> screams fully in her ear. I immediately just like filled up with chills.
1: And like want to, want to like throw the, well, in your case, phone down. As, like, yeah. To get yourself from that idea. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And,
0: and I think that, that that's the whole point is that she wanted you to feel without her telling you, feel like you want to get away, but you can't. Yeah. She wanted it, to, to get that point across. There's
1: no intellectual so remove it. with what she's saying. It's, it's not like she's dressing this up in super fancy language, and therefore you don't feel full effect, or you feel this very constructed effect yeah. to it. It is. It still feels visceral. It still feels um, uh, like you're on this ride, for lack of a better word. Fuck, um, ha ha. <laughs> uh, with her. Like, you, like you, she's not. She is not. Sp- bearing you but she's not like dragging your face through like you know the poop like a dog or anything like you just did this like no no, it's like okay we're like we are on this together you are you are my my observer and I'm going to make sure you see the whole thing
0: rip it and rip it baby number Mm. two what are we drinking don't don't fucking count out my drinks like that
1: Uh, I I can (laughs) only
0: count to two so we're pretty much at
1: (laughs) this is uh, Bass Reflex by Definitive I like that
0: I really like that can hmm yeah, it's not bad
1: actually. It's a little, 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 music key. I don't know if you. I oh,
0: know if I didn't the see the front. Right? I just saw the side of it as I'm pointing oh, okay. to the screen, like you can see. Me. <laughs> like, I mean, I you can see, you're see me. You're referring to, yeah. Um, so I had a quote that I thought was a very Andy quote. Okay. Um, and not because it was profound in any way, but I thought I oh, could hear yeah. you. I thought I could hear you saying this like on a day-to-day uh, okay. basis. Okay. So it's from Dreamhouse, as a stoner comedy. <laughs> yeah. and that's not that's not the right, whole yeah, point yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but it's on page 53 and it's a very short quote and it goes it is summer in New York and the heat is an animal that won't climb off and, it just, <laughs> and that was one of the first times that I laughed yeah. in this book yeah, yeah. Um, and there are moments where you do find yourself laughing where she, oh like, god that, yeah yeah for sure where like y- you have to go through humor in order to like move through the book but that quote to me was like Andy would I could definitely see Andy like walking into Bukowski's being like fuck
1: the heat is hot the heat, heat is, is an animal, animal. <laughs> that will not climb off
0: um one of my other favorite quotes that I had was from yes. um Dreamhouse as unreliable narrator
1: oh uh, yep sure and I believe it
0: was it was the last sentence and it goes this is what, what I what page real quick sorry uh 143 okay Uh, this is what I keep returning to, how people decide who is and who is not an unreliable narrator. Yep. And after that decision has been made, what do we do with the people who attempt to construct their own vision of justice? And then that, it's like, that had me in a fucking loop because how do you know that you're not the unreliable narrator? How do you know that you're not the one that's constructing justice around your bias and around yourself? Like, everyone, Hmm. everyone for themselves is an, can be an unreliable narrator. So like how do you hold yourself accountable and, and other people accountable? And it just turned into for me this vicious spiral.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've
0: gotten back to the spiral books for Danny. Yeah, because here we go. Just this like spiral of what who like who am I in this relationship with mm-hmm. a narrator versus an unreliable narrator?
1: This also, um, the, this idea gets at, like, uh, if someone's mind is already made up in some way, then mm-hmm. how do I possibly convince them that I'm... Yeah. That, that what I'm saying is, in fact, correct, as opposed to what you've already decided in your mind. Yeah. Um As in, like, if someone, like, she says, uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, that, like, she wishes that she had bruises, so she just show people I believe ev- this is from the same chapter. Is it the same thing? Okay. I believe it is. Because, uh, because this idea that, um people just simply don't believe your trauma is like it's another type of gaslighting Mm -hmm. um it's another type of thing that can that 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 that, i man i just i get it like the idea that just it would just drive you insane that you could not convince someone oh yeah or at the very least like, like not even convince them that this person is bad but that i'm not lying i'm not making this up and the and having to try to somehow like solve someone else's um, own mental block while trying to describe a super traumatic thing to you is mm-hmm. just like the height of infuriating to me
0: i um i do want to okay. throw out a um honorable mention i okay. was gonna say a personal personal <laughs> mention but that they're all personal uh for a favorite chapter and it's um mm. dreamhouse's deja vu
1: oh yeah i, I yeah, okay
0: and that's actually the, that's the quote, that's the chapter that I read Sean when we were driving to dinner. And he was like, yeah, this is great. Like, I'm trying to take you on a romantic <clears throat> dinner right now.
1: <laughs> Please stop. Please stop.
0: And I was like, well, well get ready. <laughs> because we're fucking sad today. Here we go. Um, I really wanted to talk about the ending. Uh, and I wanted to talk about dream house as an ending not versus dream house as an epilogue but kind
1: well, of um, real real quick before you yeah. i want to do one more before we get here because um it's 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 one of these quotes that we don't have to spend a ton of time on but this is from dream house's natural disaster mm-hmm. it's on 189 in my copy um but this gets the idea of like you know why would you just leave like that kind of that kind of bullshit yeah. um the truth is there is no better place to live than in the shadow of a beautiful furious mountain um, yeah. Wait, volcano she, or
0: mountain?
1: That that is mountain because the, 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 how she says it right there is mountain because yeah. it's not necessarily a volcano. volcano. It's not like an it's not automatically going to erupt and destroy everything. But but like the, the analogy she makes in that chapter is about how after a volcano, the most fertile soil is is. is, mm-hmm. is directly underneath the mountain. Like, uh, it's I... directly underneath... um, Like, this, this place of re- of rebirth and renewal is mm-hmm. in the shade of something disastrous and something, like, um, um, unstable. And yeah. so... And this idea of, like, you know, the reason you might stay is because of, like, the possibility of these highs of that also out. ends up with a devastating traumatic effect as well. Um, I, I love that one very, very simple line.
0: And in that... That's the... A chapter where she's taking um, anxiety medication that's giving her horrible heartburn, and she brings up the quote, My heart is an erupting volcano, or My heart is a volcano.
1: I'm and, not sure if it's the same one, but like it's it in the same, like it's definitely in the same uh, logical line for sure, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then she kind of goes through like that, she'd always really liked that quote, and she had it up like on her wall, mm-hmm. and it was, How ca- oh, this was it, how can you expect? When your heart's a when your heart's a volcano, how can oh, you yeah. expect flowers to grow from your palms?
1: Yes, uh, and, and she and then she hated that quote. Yes. Uh, a, a, after after the fact, which which I which I, I, I love the idea of like holding something up and like. It's not reverence, obviously, but, like, it's not like, this person's a fucking idiot. It's more like, I, I love this idea, but, like, god damn, you're so wrong, and this is why. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then she, oh, my god, it was so good. It's <laughs> such a good
1: book. <laughs> well, let's get, let's get back towards the ending, because there is the ending, um, technically, chapter, and then there is the uh, Dreamhouse as epilogue that kind of finishes the whole thing off. Yeah. And there is a the distinct difference between how these two things... Um, Uh, there's a distinct difference in how this actually leaves you, because the ending chapter is all about, like, where do you cut off a story, essentially? Mm -hmm. Um, like, when does the story end? And I, and and by the way, I had a fucking, like, panic attack when I was a kid, um, when I was reading, uh, The Scourging of the Shire, um, when, when the hobbits go back to the Shire, and it's all fucking changed Mm -hmm. from the war and, like, you find out that it's like Sormon has escaped with, uh, with Grima or whoever. Yeah. uh, Um, and, and, uh... But, like, the idea to me at that time was, like, this story is ending, and I'm not going to hear about these people anymore, and they might as well be dead. It just, like, freaked me the fuck out like at, that, at yeah. that moment. So I love this chapter, about or this little, like, section about, like, where do you actually cut something off?